Uh, well, we, uh, we've we been mentioning the last couple of weeks that we're going to uh, introduce Yair Rosenberg to this audience. Yair Rosenberg has a great brand new album, which we're going to be featuring this morning right here at JM in the AM. And um, he is here in studio to have a little discussion and talk about the brand new music. I'm also told that he actually arranged his uh, trip out of town to time it with a return this Tuesday so he could be right here with us at JM and the AM, and I certainly appreciate that. We'll kick things off with his Draw Ye Cra here at JM and the AM and then get into our conversation this morning on a new music alert Tuesday right here at JM in the AM.
JM in the AM, new music alert Tuesday with Yair Rosenberg and Dror Yikra. The album is entitled Az Yashir, Songs for Shabbat. Yair Rosenberg, welcome to JM in the AM. Great to be here. I appreciate that very much. First time you ever a guest on this show or not? Uh, I think so. I think my dad was on here, but not me. And he would have been on in what capacity? So, uh... He's a rav in Queens, um, at in Eitzheim, Kew Gardens Hills, and I think the last time he was on it was to talk about his uh, Hogwarts Agada. <laughs> That's right. It just hit me as you were saying it. That's right. A, a topic, for those of you wondering if Nahum Siegel's an expert on Hogwarts, the answer is no, yet I tried my best yes. <laughs> to make sure the rabbi felt comfortable here. <laughs> yeah, it was wonderful. I appreciate that. Uh, if I told you your first appearance on this show would be because of music you created. I have a feeling you wouldn't have believed that. Am I right or not? Yeah, that's not uh, usually why I go on the radio. It's so funny because you're outspoken and a great commentary commentator, I should say, on so many topics. And I, I would think that Jewish music would be the furthest thing from what we could discuss and, uh, and schmooze about on the air. Yeah, um, but there's, you know, there's a... Uh... I think everybody who does uh, what I do, especially if you cover things like I do, like anti-Semitism stuff, that's uh, right. somewhat depressing. You have to remember what it is you're fighting for in the first place. Um, and, you know, it's not about the negative things people say about Jews. It's the things that Jews contribute to the world and the things that contribute to Jewish life. And Jewish music is a big part of that. Uh, let's start from the other end, though. How did you start in the, in the world of commentary, this world of, I guess, what we call journalism, social media, et cetera? What was your entree into all of that? Yeah, so uh, like a lot of people, I fell into my job by accident. Um, I would read like everybody else, uh, you know, the newsprint media, the online media about things I cared about, religion, um, anti-Semitism, Judaism. And I felt it wasn't quite grasping what I felt were the real stories or the things that I would talk about. Um, and when you have that realization, you have two options as a Jewish person. You can either fetch which takes the form of, you know, some internet comment or a letter to the editor that probably no one sees. Or tweet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or you could say, put your money where your mouth is and try to show how you would do it better, uh, which is obviously harder. Um, but that's what I tried to do. I would, you know, pitch an article to this or that publication saying, yeah. you know, I can explain this a little bit more in more interesting way or with more depth. Uh, and people said yes, and then they liked it. So they asked me to do it again, and they asked me to do it again. And then suddenly you have a job. So serious publications obviously are printing your work or publicizing i don't know if the right word is printing these days anymore yeah. are publicizing your work and they include i mean where are some of the places where you can be read where you're regularly seen yeah, so for many years i was a writer at tablet magazine and i also wrote places you know at the washington post a little bit here at the new york times and here and there elsewhere uh, but for the last year or so i've been writing pretty much exclusively for the atlantic um, where they were really kind enough to give me a little corner of their website where i now have a newsletter called deep shtetl this is a real thing that exists at the atlantic right. magazine it's um, amazing. And people can just sign up and get it in their inboxes, and it also exists as articles on the Atlantic's website. Uh, and we cover, you know, religion, politics, culture, and obviously with a very strong Jewish lens. And Deep Shtetl is expected to be uh, updated uh, or fresh material be there how often? Um, pretty much every week. Um, and that may, you know, shift depending. Like, I was just in Israel, right? And so right. you sort of got a little postcard from uh, Yerushalayim, and then, uh, you know, suddenly you get a, you know, a lot of stuff comes out of that trip. Uh, but we try to make it pretty regular. And today, as you mentioned, after this radio show ends, you're going to be a guest on a radio station in based in Minnesota. That's going to, and you're going to be discussing the topic of anti-Semitism. They are concerned or curious about that topic, even there in the Midwest. 
Yeah, um, especially because of given recent events in popular culture with uh, particular musical artists, uh, you know, making anti-Semitic sure. comments. There's a lot of interest in this, um, and which is good. It's good to see that uh, everywhere from, you know, public radio to the White House is taking this seriously. Um, and that just means that, you know, I end up coming on uh, programs where it's important but less fun uh, than Jamie the <laughs> Well, I feel bad because I've derailed your entire interview here. We're here to discuss a brand new Jewish music offering, and we're spending time on the other part of your career. <laughs> yeah, you know, to me, it's all part of one big you know, right. whole. I think that, uh, you know... Um, I didn't even realize that when you start making a music album, you know, you don't realize, but it's an expression of yourself, just like the writing. Um, and in my writing, I try to explain very different groups of people to each other. You know, it can be different kinds of Jews to each other. It can be Jews to non-Jews and non-Jews to Jews. Um, and there's only so much you can do in words sometimes to bridge divides, but music, you know, people will appreciate and listen to my music who might not appreciate or listen to my words. Oh, it's so funny at the Amudim event last night. That was one of my themes is, the, is what music does for the soul, for the heart, how it inspires, how it could change people. It has so, it's such so many capabilities. Uh, once you're, you know, become familiar with a, with a song or with a musical theme and, the printed word, you know, again, as you know, has plenty of influence, but it doesn't have exactly that. It's, it doesn't have that method of reaching somebody. Exactly. And, I, you know, after putting out the album, I see that over and over again. It's just like there are people who might not have found my writing, but they find the music uh, and that's their way in. All right. Would we have heard that draw you crowd before? Or this is a real solid Yair Rosenberg original tune. Um, yeah, so that's an original. Um, and, you know, what's interesting about all these songs is that, the, you know, the project took, the album took seven years. One, because I have a day job, as you heard. Wow. Um, but two, because I, you know, I wasn't, I didn't know what I was doing when I started. And so I had to learn how to make things good. And sometimes also songs don't come right away. Well, yet, I'll tell you another problem with yeah. your album. Another problem with this effort, as yeah. one tries to release, you know, 10 songs on the theme that you've chosen. There's a lot of Shabbat material out there. There's a lot of competition. You know, when you when you have 30 draw you cross in your head already, it's not easy to write a new one and to produce something that sounds as good as this one. Yeah, I mean, uh, so on one hand, it sounds, it's sort of hubristic, but on the other hand, it's kind of a shortcut because, you know, one thing I didn't have to worry about in this album was writing good lyrics because somebody already <laughs> did it for me. Uh, so, you know, made my life You knew there were good words. Yeah. <laughs> now um, you just needed a good tune. Draw Your Cry is a fantastic song. Uh, the more you look at it, the more fantastic it is. Obviously, the first words, you know, it's like proclaim freedom. It's joyous, and hopefully that's what we captured. Uh, but also just it's beautifully written by Dunash Iman Labrat. And if you look at all the verses, what I love about this is, you know, we have L'Chadodi and many other things. Right. And but tell you who wrote it right. but Droya Kra it's you know he really wanted you to know he wrote it he was very proud of it so it's like Droya Kra Droya Pura uh, look at all the, like most of the verses are all acrostics for Dunash they like, themselves each verse yeah, individually individually so you read the first verse I never verse. knew that that's amazing yeah so it's like the first verse it's like okay this was written by Dunash it's like in case you missed it written by Dunash and also Dunash but like he's right to be proud it's a really good song and it's like that throughout the entire thing uh, almost all of it like the last not verse not the last one. Right, you right. Know, so you're not but you're getting most of the verses are the same across right. that was his tip of the hat to Shabbos he's yeah. gonna do as best as he can for that theme yeah. and not worry about his own PR yeah <laughs> So I've always loved that part about it. I love it. Yeah, your Rosenberg is here. We're here to talk about some Jewish music, and it's your choice. As I said to you before the show started, uh, you get to decide what the playlist looks like this morning, which is the next song you want to go to. 
Um, so the album uh, goes in the order of, of Shabbat. So right. it's like the experience of it, starting with Yedid Nefesh and right. going all the way down through the rest. So mm-hmm. let's start with Yedid Nefesh. Yedid Nefesh is track number one. The song, is, or I should say the album is entitled Az Yashir, Songs for Shabbat. Yeah, your Rosenberg is responsible for it. Is this available everywhere? Like how It's to... on all the streaming music services. You can also buy a physical CD. You'll find that on Amazon. You can so you search for your name and no one will have any problem finding this. This is true. Uh, you will find it on all those things, although you'll probably find also my writing. Uh, which is pretty good, but the music's better. Yeah, well, I don't know. That's debatable. I uh, I think your writing's pretty spectacular. Oh, <laughs> well, we'll call them in. We'll call them, we'll call them equal uh, equally impressive. How's that? You did Nefesh, brand new. Yeah, Ear Rosenberg who's in studio with us on a new music alert Tuesday at JM and the AM. Avarachaman, Meshoch Abdecha, El Ritzonecha, Yarut Abdecha, Kimoaya, Yishtahabe, El Muladarecha, Thank you. 
Yair Rosenberg in the studio at JM and the AM. Expert in a lot of great Jewish topics, and now we could add Jewish music to that. The album is entitled Az Yashir, Songs for Shabbat. That's Yadid Nefesh here on a uh, new Music Alert Tuesday at JM and the AM. You said something interesting to me off the air, and that is that, I mean, obviously you're a really good songwriter, but you understand your deficiencies. It sounds like you can't read music, you can't write music, you probably don't arrange your own songs, I assume, right? Yeah. And sometimes it's it's important for an artist to understand their limitations, right? Yes. Yeah, so the one reason this took seven years is that uh, for most of my life I had, you know, music that popped into my head, um, but I didn't know how to express it or to share it really because I didn't know how to write or read music. I, you know, rudimentary notions of it, you know, here and there, but that's it. Um, and so I thought, oh, that's that's as far as it's going to go. Um, but then over time, I learned that you can find the right collaborators who can take that stuff and turn it into, you know, so I found the right producer. His name is Charles Newman, um, and we were connected, and he's Jewish, but had never done a Jewish music album. And so as a result, it was like this great mix of understanding what we were doing, but also bringing something new to it uh, from like 20 years working in the secular music industry. Um, and now nobody knows Miros and his family the way he does. You know, he has, uh, you know, part part of his family is, you know, is Orthodox in, uh, you know, and you know, in Maryland, and uh, you know, now they can listen to the CD, you know, and so it was like, you know, it's a wonderful thing, uh, as I said, that music can sort of bridge different parts of sure. our community, uh, and also I have non-Jewish readers who have listened to my music and tell me they really like it. Um, so yeah, so I had to learn how to find the right people to work with me. You also hear on these, this album, it's not just me singing. Uh, it's two wonderful, wonderful uh, friends of mine, Abla Savit and Arun Viswanath, if you think, yeah, your Rosenberg is an intense <laughs> name. Um, and they both ran their college acapella groups. They play multiple instruments. They can read and write music. Oh, wow. And they just threw themselves into this project and built all the harmonies. On occasion, I would say, I hear this harmony in my head, and we would do that. Right. But I would say 90, 95%. That, that must be heartwarming for people like that with that musical background, finding your your stuff, you know, really <laughs> worthwhile. Yeah, or also just making it that much better. Right. Um, and that's the whole secret of it, right? People hear the final product, and you know this, right, from all of these Jewish music albums, but there's actually a whole team behind it that's not sure. the name on the cover, right. right? So you have these people making the harmonies with me. You have Charles, who, when you hear, like, an instrumental, he's putting that together with musicians. And right. because he's worked for 20 years in the industry, he knows when I say, I want a fiddle for this song, he knows who to ask, right? And so that's how we could find the right musicians for each thing, because I, I tell him what I hear in my head, but then he finds the person who's meant to play it. Um, and so, you know, it really is a team effort and it isn't just me, even though I sing them and I do compose the tunes. I provide a really essential component, but sure. I learned like just how much, right, this is like a team sport. Unbelievable. It takes a team and that team has done a really good job on this brand new effort. Yeah, your Rosenberg is here. We're talking about the brand new album. Az Yashir, Songs for Shabbat. Not everybody associates the words Az Yashir with Shabbat. Why Why the combination? So Az Yashir in, in the Torah is this moment of communal singing where everyone sings together. Right. Um, and the idea of this album is it is the experience of Shabbos chronologically um, from the beginning to end. And the point was that uh, we wanted people to, when they listen to it, to realize they too can sing along. The songs are designed to be relatively easy to pick up and sing. Almost all of them are like that. Um, and there also, um, you know, a lot of choices went into making it that way. Like we have these harmonies that make it easy to people feel like, oh, here's like how I can slot in. In like the Lechado D, you hear like basically the congregation singing along. Um, and so I wanted to evoke that. And that's the title. And that's your experience. Yeah. And it has also significance uh, in my family because my father, uh, Rabbi Moshe Rosenberg. Right. Um, so his bar mitzvah was actually a few weeks before um, 
um, Bishalach, um, but, uh, which is where Ajashir appears. But his name is Moshe, and my grandfather was a Hasidic composer who we can talk about of some note. And he pushed my father's bar mitzvah forward, a, you know, back a couple weeks to make sure it would fall out on Bishalach <laughs> so that the invitations could say, Az Yashir Moshe. Um, so it has some real significance. Is that cheating? Well. Is that a sly move? What would you call it? You know, I mean, it, it's, it's, you know, it's really, it was just like this because it, music was that very, nice. so much important to my grandfather's Judaism. Um, and, uh, you know, which is, again, you ask, like, where did I get the music stuff? Well, it runs in the family. Right. Um, and I have, like, a fraction of a fraction of whatever was up there. And you described him as a composer? What did you say? He was a Hasidic composer. A Hasidic composer. He, For which Hasidic group? Which uh, Hasidic sect? So he ended up escaping um, uh, the Holocaust through Shanghai um, with Chabad. Right. Um, and so he sort of became part of Chabad in that way. Is he responsible for some of the Nagunim we might know? Yeah, so there's a, there's a, um, the most And today's a big day, by the way. Today's your test Kislev. Which is a big Chabad, right? Today your test? I think, it, yeah, today's your test Kislev. Amazing. Today's a big Chabad holiday. Yeah. So this is a song that is most famous that many people in Chabad know, and it's like, you know, one of their, you know, standards is uh, called the uh, Shir HaGeula. Um, and uh, there's most recently a version that Benny Friedman did. Right. Um, and it's a song that was originally he composed in Shanghai during the Holocaust because they're all these yeshiva students and sure. they're they're in this moment of uh, you know catastrophe and the world is sort of burning down around them and they don't know what's going on. Basically, the only thing they know is that their families have been murdered and they don't know if there's going to be a Jewish community to go back to. You know, it's this moment of extreme peril and they get this letter of encouragement uh, that's sent to the Bachrim in Shanghai that is attributed to the previous Lubavitcher Rebbe. Um, and it's a poem uh, of encouragement and uh, they want to remember it, but back then they don't have smartphones. You can't WhatsApp it to everybody. Right. You can't print it out. You can't even Xerox it. So they said to my grandfather, make it into a song so that we can remember, remember it. And so he did. Um, and then there were people, there were students there who very particularly loved this song and they taught it to their children, and to their communities. And that's how it sort of spread. And that's why so many people know it. Um, and there are so many, there are many versions at this point of it. And the most recent, like I mentioned, is Benny Friedman. Right. One day, perhaps soon, uh, I would love to sit down with the people you hear on the CD and do my version. Because, of course, we have a Masora in my family of how it's to be done. We have the original recordings of my grandfather singing it. We even know, to an extent, how he wanted some of it arranged. Um, so that's high on my list. But I had to learn how to do stuff. like I would never have done that right away because it has a, I have a very high bar for doing that properly. But I think after having done this whole album, I have a sense of how we could do that well. You've read him, now you've heard him, and uh, his name is Harry Rosenberg, and his uh, brand new album is called Az Yashir, Songs for Shabbat, and uh, we have time for another song or two. Where to next, Jair? Um, Let's try Menucha Simcha. so this one's a, a slow one. Menucha Simcha. it's on the brand new album, Yair Rosenberg on a new music alert Tuesday at JM in the AM. Hashem, to know 
Chose some great vocalists. Not that you're not great yourself, but they're so good. They're really good. Uh, Menucha Vesimcha, the brand new album is entitled Az Yashir. It's Yair Rosenberg with songs for Shabbat. Available everywhere. And when we say that these days, it used to mean when we said that in the old days that if you walked into a random store, you'd find it. Now, from the comfort of your own home or the comfort of your own iPhone, yeah. you could order this. And have it and enjoy it. And you did mention that there actually are hard CDs available, which yeah, is so we have. We which actually is have remarkable. What happened to you? You had a you had a trip back in time. What happened? <laughs> yeah. So I was told uh, by my producer that there's still people who like the physical CDs, and nice. people do seem to order them. And we really put a lot into. You can see the cover online, like the image, but there's a right. really beautiful design. We hired a really lovely artist for this, and uh, but yeah, you can find it on Apple Music, on Amazon Music, on Spotify. You can buy the MP3s individually. You can do really anything you want with it, and it's everywhere you want to find it. Phenomenal. Great addition to anybody's Arab Shabbos repertoire, including ours. Yeah, Ear Rosenberg is here. Final words as we do a new music alert Tuesday here at JM. And we're going to wrap up with a song entitled Lote Voshi, which is, of course, from Lachad Odi. Uh, I think, as I said earlier, that you've accomplished something that's uh, difficult to accomplish when you have. 30 versions of every Shabbos song in your head and you've lived life till this point and you know and you want to create something original not everybody would start it's sort of like you know starting with Adon Alam yeah. starting with Adi Mamin you know like can one improve on those selections and you went ahead and took the challenge and created something really really nice well thank you so much and um 
I, uh, I would assume that now you can uh, uh, add Jewish music to your list of uh, accomplishments uh, in the public sphere. You know, I'm, I, I look forward to imposing it on people wherever I go. You know, when I went to speak <laughs> once at like an event where I was talking about anti-Semitism on stage, and like we were looking you off and we found this music and we like it. Like the people running the like tech side. Like, can we play like some of the Jory Kra when you walk onto a stage? And I'm like, I wouldn't have suggested it, but you're welcome to. That's hilarious so, and great. And you know, it really adds. It, it must be, it must be a, um, it, it must be interesting to be an expert uh, on and a speaker on a specific topic, and the thing you wish the most is that that topic didn't have to be spoken about. You yeah. mentioned anti-Semitism. Yeah. You're turned to to address this issue, and in the back of your mind, look, I know your background. In the back of your mind, there's no question you're saying to yourself, I wish this whole situation would not exist. I mean, you can see from my editors that it's their frustration. They'll be saying to me, like, oh, this thing happened. We need you to, like, you know, write about this. And I was like, do I really have to? Right? And, wow. uh, and they're like, it's your job. <laughs> and they're right. And also, if you, you have to always remember that if you don't write, it's not like no one else is going to say anything. And very right. often, people fill the space with things that are not as valuable or might be counterproductive. Uh, so that's what I do it. But of course, I'd rather spend my time doing Jewish music, sure. writing about, you know, that translation of Harry Potter into Yiddish, right. <laughs> you know, Jews in baseball. These are all things I have done and loved. And they're positive stories about the Jewish life and experience uh, in the world. How many Jews in baseball right now? Approximately. Oh, I, had, I could not tell you. Is there a minion? We don't know. Um, Probably not, right? I wrote about the front office. I wrote about the uh, person who now runs the Boston Red Sox, a, f a fellow named Chaim Bloom. Who before what do we call him? A traditional Jew? How do we refer to him? Um, I would say he would consider himself, you know, a traditional Jew. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, his... Uh, Getting a lot of heat now for the way the team's performing. It's a very tough uh, environment yeah. to run that. You know, it's a tough job. Um, yeah. I, I, so I profiled him before people knew as much who he was when he was the vice president of the Tampa Bay Rays, a very, right. very successful baseball team that spends almost no money but wins a lot of games. Right. And... It's and it was an amazing experience, and uh, people who read that profile know that it starts with discovering that there's a jar of gefilte fish right. in his office. I remember that, and uh, that was your article. That was mine, and uh, you know it was. He said a really, you know, he was very kind, and he let me follow him around for you know a day and a half or so, and see everything he did with his job, and he answered my questions, and he even let me tell the story of the gefilte fish on his shelf, right. which you guys can look up and you'll find out. Most importantly, did he install a kosher stand in Fenway Park, or he hasn't gotten to that? Yet? They already before he got there. Oh, they had kosher. I, I went to college in Boston, and ah. uh, I went to Fenway Park and they have a hot nosh uh, stand. So rest assured you can get your grocery food there. Where did you go to school up there? I went to Harvard. Um, Very cool. Yeah and so I was like Would you recommend it, it to high school seniors today or Harvard's not the same as it used to be? I mean these places always change. My sister just finished up and she had a lovely experience. Undergrad. Yeah undergrad. Interesting. Um, and it's you know I was finishing up college and I realized I'd never been to Fenway Park and I was like how could you do that? You have to go. And so then and then I, of course I went and got something from the hot nosh then. <laughs> You checked off all the boxes. Exactly. <laughs> to say the least. And I'm a Yankee fan, but I appreciate, you know, yeah, baseball I mean, history. I've also been to Fenway, even though I'm a, I, I feel an obligation. I had to go. Yeah. Although I will say that on the way to Fenway, we spent the prior night at a minor league baseball game. Yeah. And Fenway reminded me more of that minor league experience <laughs> than it did at Yan a Yankee Stadium experience. So, yeah. you know, Boston doesn't uh, exactly shake the image of small town USA, even though they seem to be the sports capital of the world right now. So, yeah. Anyway, don't get me started on their football team and all that other stuff. Uh, yeah, you're Rosenberg. What a play. Oh, you're from Queens. I would assume you have, the same, from Queens, I would assume you have yeah. the same problem I'd have with the, with the football team up there in Boston, I would guess. But who knows? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I am, I'm such a baseball person, right? You know, I, I follow here and there football, but really baseball is my thing. Um, and yet I'm from Queens, but like, again, you talk about my family. They're originally from the Upper West Side of right. Manhattan, you know, so right. we're, we're good property Yankee fans. Right, understood. Um, you reminded me just now... 
you know, David Letterman used to have the top 10 lists. So he had a top 10 list uh, that was uh, the top 10 adjectives or top 10 descriptions you never hear about NFL offensive linemen. Number five, Hasidic. <laughs> was, thought you'd appreciate that. A little sports humor. All right. Uh, Yair Rosenberg, I thank you. Fo- you should follow Yair Rosenberg on Twitter. That's your that's your main social media place, right? I mean, I assume you're on the others as well. Yeah, but, but two is pla- that- the two places, I mean, we we actually have an Instagram uh, where you can, that's where you prefer. I have a Facebook page. Like anywhere you want, you can find right. me. Twitter is the primary, but also, you know, the newsletter, Deep Shtetl. Uh, you can, right. If you search for Yair Rosenberg, Deep Shtetl, guaranteed only combination of the words that exist on the internet, you will right. find the news letter and guaranteed that you'll have fresh material at least once a week you'll get stuff regularly and right. uh the wonderful thing is you you know people write back to those emails and so unlike say you know twitter where there's just a million people yelling right in, tw- in the newsletter people get it in their inbox and we have conversations what a pleasure meeting you My i'm pleasure. so glad you were here today you know i i said this i think uh off the air but like i grew up listening <laughs> to jamie in the am on the way to school right so this is just an amazing experience i appreciate that very much yeah you rosenberg everybody brand new album as just share songs for shabbat we'll wrap up with lote voshi and i thank him for joining us for a new music alert tuesday at jm in the am
What a pleasure spending the morning with Yair Rosenberg here at JMM. I never thought we'd meet uh, <laughs> on a Jewish music effort um, because he has been so involved in so many great Jewish issues for so many years. But I, uh, I thank you for visiting us this morning. New Music Alert Tuesday here at JMM.